for the righteous will never be moved. He or she will be remembered forever. How's that for a promise? You will be remembered forever. Like forever by the living God. You will never be lost, never be forgotten, never be overlooked. When you are chosen, you are secure. You are stable. You might feel fragile. You might have the ups and downs. You might be going through all these different places of insecurity. But at the end of the day, when you belong to the Lord, you are His. Welcome back, Live in the Light listeners. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. We know it's a big deal. We know that, and we want to say thank you for being here today and for joining us for a new series that we're pretty excited about. Hey, hey, are you ready? Are you ready? We are diving into a quick hit mini series in a psalm that not a lot of people know about, Psalm 112. Pastor Robbie, as we begin the series today, what do you want our people to know? Psalm 112, huh? It's one of those psalms you kind of get lost in the shuffle because there's, what, 150 of them? So I think that uh, I think that's interesting. Hey, Craig, when you talk about this, we're going to be diving into maybe a less familiar psalm, but these are some of the ones that get their attention the most. Yep, yeah, yeah like, like Psalm 1, Psalm 23, I got that. Right. You know, uh, Psalm 119, I got that too. 150, I even know, but... 112, what's 112 all about? Yeah, yeah, what is it 112? And so that's why we love to be a blessing to our listeners and to engage them with the word of God and hoping already, maybe your your curiosity has peaked a little bit. What does Psalm 112 says? It's a tremendous message for you and I because it's God's word, but it's coming right at you to instruct you and encourage you that in Jesus Christ, you are absolutely immovable. And that's the name of this series, just a little mini one, as Craig says, but understanding that as as shifting as our culture is, as much as the, the tide is turning, maybe you feel like I do and you're just like, man, is anything certain anymore? Is there anything called truth? Yes, there is. His name is Jesus. And this Psalm is gonna place us on the bedrock of that which will never fail. And so we're delighted to get this to you today here at Live in the Light. All right, listeners. Well, it may not be a familiar passage to you, but one thing's for sure. It's in God's word. And so we trust and we're praying that it would bless you tremendously as we look at this immovable blessing today from God's word. Let's get our Bibles, if you can, and join us in Psalm 112, beginning in verse 1. Let's open up God's word. We're going to be in Psalm 112. So please open your Bibles. feels good to say that. Please open your Bibles to Psalm 112. We often, we love studying a psalm here at Harvest Oakville. We're gonna do that in a mini-series over the next two weeks, Lord willing. We're gonna be tackling through Psalm 112. We'll study the first half this week and the second half next. And our mini-series title for this psalm, Psalm 112, is Immovable. Immovable. What we're gonna see and study here is the believer's the believer in Jesus Christ, of course, that is the believer's absolute security and stability that is found as you realize that you belong 
to Almighty and the living God. We are absolutely stable and secure in Jesus Christ our Lord. We are immovable. You might be in many different places of being tempted to think otherwise. You are in the right place right now to have the assurance of God find your heart and speak to your life. Here's our theme verse, verse six. Look at verse six for me, Psalm 112, verse six. For the righteous will never be moved. He or she will be remembered forever. How's that for a promise? Having a bad day? The righteous will never be moved. Uh, You, I mean, think about this. You will be remembered forever. Like forever by the living God. You will never be lost, never be forgotten, never be overlooked. When you are chosen, you are secure. You are stable. You might feel fragile. You might have the ups and downs. You might be going through all these different places of insecurity. But at the end of the day, when you belong to the Lord, you are his and you will be remembered forever. That's why this psalm is chosen right now. We remind ourselves who's in charge and who we belong to. If you're like me, If you're like me, look around our society, our culture, our days right now, and you get overwhelmed at the instability surrounding us. Overwhelmed at times as the apparent chaos approaching us. The panic filling us, the uncertainty upon us. And what happens when you look around and you see all these things happening? Well, you're tempted with fear. You're tempted with with doubt. You hear the awful whispering lies of Satan as he begins to say again, did God really say Is God really going to be there for you? It tempts us to cower, to give up, to give in. Loved ones, think about it. In our day, so many houses are being built on sand. All these beautiful houses all around us, all these people taking all this time to make everything look so perfect on the outside, but in reality, their house is built on sand. There is no foundation that will last. So many bigger barns are being built. For what purpose? None. In the end, they don't last. So many people being tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine. Whatever comes next, whatever the next theme is or the next fad or the next conviction in our society, people just going back and forth, whatever. There's no foundation of truth that lasts. So much grass is withering. Grass springs up and it looks okay for the moment, but it withers and it fades and then gone. Listen, loved ones, the word of the Lord stands forever. And listen to what the word of the Lord says and get ready to be encouraged. This is our text next week, but just I want to show you the psalm that we've entered into. Verse six again, for the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. Check this out, man. If this doesn't underline your Bible, you got to change that now. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. That is awesome. Verse eight, his heart is steady. He will not be afraid. And what a theme for today. Until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. Why? For the, for the righteous will never be moved. Listen, are you fearful today? The Holy Spirit brings faith. To those who are uncertain today, the Holy Spirit brings fact. For those who are stressed with anxiety and instability, the Holy Spirit brings assurance and immovability because the righteous will never be moved. We 
We need these messages to us today. By the way, just as we begin in Psalm 112, I always want you to step back just far enough to understand what's happening. Notice the Holy Spirit here has written these things down because he's anticipating what we will struggle with. You know what's happening? Why are all the, all the songs we sang today based on Psalm 121 and just God's word and all these assurances of in storms and wars and when we feel that we're you know, on the brink of whatever and how God's word comes back over? Why does God's word provide so many places of comfort and promises and assuring us that he's in charge in the midst and we're most afraid? He does this because he knows this is what we'll struggle with. He knows you and I will be tempted in all these areas and because he's the God of all knowledge and he's such a God of comfort, he continues to remind us of who he is and who we live for. So be encouraged right off the bat. When you look at verse seven, he's not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm and you're sitting there going, man, I so needed to hear that. God's like, I know you did. And that's why I bring it to you again today, child, he says. Holy Spirit caring for us even as we begin to open up God's word. And so today as we talk about being immovable in the Lord, our sermon title for this message, the front half of Psalm 112 is immovable blessing. Immovable blessing. There's a blessing found only in the Lord which is indestructible, imperishable, and immovable. It's a blessing guaranteed for those who are pursuing the Lord God Almighty, his son, Jesus Christ. This blessing is ours for the taking in the grace of God. It's an immovable blessing. And I pray right now that I've got your attention, that you will consider the concept of immovable blessing and you will say, that sounds good. And I say, amen. And the Lord and the Holy Spirit says an even greater amen because that is the point of our text initially. Immovable blessing in the midst of such an unstable and uncertain world. Psalm 112, verse one. First five verses is what we will do with Lord willing today. Praise the Lord, the psalmist says. Praise the Lord, see that? Blessed is the man or woman who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Why? Well, here's why. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. Why? For the righteous will never be moved. Here's where we go today from these first five verses. I'm gonna give it to you now right off the bat. We're gonna unpack it as we go. Through this psalm, again, the first five verses, we're gonna see this. The praise, the promise, and the provision. The praise, the promise, and the provision as they all pertain to immovable blessing. Let's jump right in. Number one, then, the praise. The praise as it relates to blessing, which is immovable within our lives. Notice the very first phrase in the psalm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a great phrase, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Now, a phrase easily overlooked. You probably read Psalm 112 and you see praise the Lord. Oh, look at it. It's another cliche found in Scripture. Incorrect. It's not some cliche. It's not some filler that's added here when the psalmist doesn't know what to say. Hey, we do that sometimes, right? We're in a moment of awkward silence in our Christianese conversations. And we're sitting there going, uh, 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 praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. And we say, we look at stuff and we can say stuff, what have we been thinking about it? We say grace, we, we give thanks for our food and we're not even really thinking about talking to the Lord and we're just spouting out these phrases that we've learned from childhood or we hear other people say, praise the Lord is one of those. It can become something we say, but forget to really understand what we're saying. The psalmist does not have that problem. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Every word here counts. And when he says praise the Lord, he's praising the Lord. His perspective in life is a mindset of praise to God. And think of how many times praise the Lord occurs in Scripture. I mean, just around Psalm 112. Look at Psalm 111, verse 1. Psalm 111, verse 1. The psalmist says, praise the Lord. Flip back the other way. Look at Psalm 113, verse 1 and verse 9. It's called an inclusio. The bookends of Psalm 113, the whole thing is surrounded by praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, verse 1, verse 9. Praise the Lord. Again, not filler. This is the psalmist's mindset, his MO, his attitude of gratitude, his mindset of living, his focus of worship. It's the praise, man. He is filled with praise. And we think about ourselves sometimes and we think about how we drop into that awful mindset of being perpetual complainers. Just me? Sometimes we find ourselves looking around this world and all we want to see are the things we don't have and the things we wish we had and the circumstances aren't going our way and whatever it is. And we find ourselves whining and complaining and murmuring to the God of glory. The psalmist here, really, he has no time for that. Why? Because he's not a perpetual complainer. He's a perpetual praiser. A perpetual praiser. And notice here, his praise is immovable. Why? Why? Because his vision is on his immovable God. See, when your eyes are on the Lord, you never cease to have a reason for praise. And so instead of complaining on our situation, his eyes are lifted up on his God and he recognizes the attributes and the beauty of his God and from his lips then comes praise. He doesn't walk through life and see what he doesn't have. He isn't focused on who he isn't. Rather, he sees what he does have in his Lord and he sees who he is in Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So the psalmist, he's, He's walking through his garden. And he will see a flower and he will say, praise the Lord. He will be out for a stroll at night and he, he sees the stars in the universe and he looks up and all he can do is say, praise the Lord. I remember walking out of the worship center last night, last night's service, and I'm not sure if you saw this, man, but the sun, I don't know exactly what's going on, man, but the sun, it just looked, there was like a mist or something and you could look at the sun and, and I just walked out from the doctor preaching this and I just, three words came to mind, man. Praise the Lord, look at that. That is awesome. This past week, I mean, this is what happens, right? When you're in the mindset of praise and you're, and you're focused on the Lord, you get a glass of water in the midst of a humid day and you genuinely are holding this water and you say from your heart, praise the Lord, amen, church? Praise the Lord, and you mean it. It's not a cliche, you mean it. God, I praise you that I can drink this cold glass of water when I'm thirsty right now. That's a powerful way to live. Walking to my house recently and I saw my wife. Three words. Praise the Lord. Hey, hey. That's a good place to be, man. That's a good place. To, that the Lord wants to put within you. 
that you see the blessings you've been given and you choose to respond with praise because you know you have a blessing that is immovable. Question, are you a complainer or a praiser? Okay, we're learning about God's working in us right now. Man, when God's moving in us, he's filling us and working in us. We, we, we find praise coming. Okay, now, are you a complainer or a praiser? If you really want to live out this challenge, if you really want to find out, then I encourage you then, I challenge you before the end of today, uh, find someone who really knows you, spouse, really good friend, whoever it might be, and ask them. Ask them honestly. Hey, uh, am I a complainer or a praiser? You know, I have good days, bad days, but, but generally speaking, do you... Do you think I'm a complainer or a... And don't get mad at them when they don't give you the answer that you want to hear, all right? <laughs> but it, no, honestly, like we're trying to grow. Um, we're trying to find out because often we don't see our own blind spots. We don't see our, our own weaknesses. And I sincerely challenge you. And some of you right now, you don't need to ask anyone. The Holy Spirit's already told you, ah, you gotta work on the praise part, right? <laughs> the Holy Spirit's so gentle and like, and like so loving, but he's just gently convicting us Remember the difference in guilt and conviction, right? We're not feeling guilty. We're forgiven in Christ. But the conviction comes in to say, you know, you know this, is, this is an area that I really want. This is the Holy Spirit. I really want to see you have more joy because it's available to you. And it's a matter of accessing that which God wants to give to us. I want you to notice too here, and then we'll move on to the second thing. I just, I want you to see this, okay? The more the psalmist sees his immovable God, then the more his heart is filled with immovable praise, right? So the single greatest reason we don't have praise coming from our lives is because we're focused on our lives, because we're focused on our circumstances, because we're looking around at what's happening. But the moment your eyes are lifted up, I lift my eyes up, right? To the Lord where my help comes from. Well, if I look down here, of course, that's depressing. But I look up, the more the psalm, his eyes are set on his immovable God and he sees his immovable God and from his heart comes immovable praise because our God is only perfect and only awesome and he's the one who holds all of life. Are you a complainer or a praiser? Remember, Jesus says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The words we speak reveals the reality within. Number one, the praise. Number two, the promise now. The promise, you're like, what promise? First one, praise the Lord. Now, why is he praising the Lord? Here's why. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, the woman who greatly delights in God's commandments. Now, don't miss this. Notice how the psalmist's praise is fueled by God's promise. That always happens. See, the psalmist here, his mind is filled with the promises of God. He's approaching that. So the first thing that comes out of his mouth as his mind is filled with the promises of God is praise the Lord. And he says praise the Lord and now he reveals why he's praising God with the promises of God. Praise the Lord. God is so awesome because blessed is the man who fears the Lord who greatly delights in his commandments. Now the word blessed there, this should be familiar to us. The word blessed here, it's almost a, an Old Testament beatitude. Uh, it means happy, fulfilled, joy saturated, um, satisfied. The Bible dictionary um, def defines this word in Psalm 112 as a heightened state of happiness and joy. 
Okay, so it's been a while since I've been able to do this, but this is where we, we, when we see blessed is the man, happy is the man, fulfilled is the woman, satisfied is the child, right now it's, right? Which is the doors for you, it's wisdom, okay? This is a wisdom moment. Why is it a wisdom moment? Whatever follows in verse one is the key and the secret to the happy, God-defined happy, joy-filled, satisfied life. Whatever follows, we're about to find out why many of us are so miserable. See, what do you mean? We're about to find out what many of us don't have and who many of us are not, which is why we're so grumpy and so miserable, and we whine, and we complain, and so pessimistic, or, or, or cynical, whatever it might be. We're about to find out. Now I really got some of your attention. Praise the Lord for that. Whatever comes next is one of the secrets to the satisfied life. Again, it's so important. Look at verse one. Here it is, ready? Blessed, happy, satisfied, fulfilled. Here it is, here it is. Blessed is the man or woman who... One, fears the Lord. Two, greatly delights in his commandments. That verse right there, you live by that verse right there, your life will change. If you believe that, if you believe that, that, that satisfied, blessed, happy, joy-saturated is the man or woman who fears the Lord, who fears the Lord, and who greatly delights in the word of God or the commandments of Christ. When you believe this and live this, loved ones, listen, then you are guaranteed to be in a place of immovable blessing. I did not say you're guaranteed to have a life free from trial or pain or hurt, but you are guaranteed to have God working and blessing in your life. Again, two things. The fear of the Lord, greatly delighting in his commandments, okay? What is the fear of the Lord? Let's take them one at a time. The fear of the Lord is not people coming from all different places, which I love so much, some very mature in Christ, some are infants in Christ, some are being saved. Uh, today we pray, some are just, you know, uh, uh, mature in what the Lord has done. The fear of the Lord is not um, you're terrified of God as an autocratic dictator. Please don't harm me, please don't harm me. That's not the fear of the Lord. John Murray has an excellent definition we've used here at the church for years. This is beautiful. I'll read it slowly because I want us to get it. I know it's kind of wordy. But here's the fear of the Lord, the fear of God. The fear of God in which, now watch this, in which godliness consists. See, you, you, can't, you can't see godliness in your life apart from the fear of the Lord. I was in Psalm 25 this morning, and Psalm 25, it says the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. Wow. I, just, I read this morning, I was like, there it is again. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. In Proverbs. Godliness consists in the fear of, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you can't see true godliness in your life. Because it's the fear of the Lord which constrains or produces true adoration and love. It's the fear of the Lord which consists in awe, reverence, and honor, and worship. Now watch this. And all of these on the highest level of exercise. Right? So, so, um, anti-fear of the Lord, you're, you're in church and you got your hand raised, worshiping with one hand and, and, and checking your text messages with your other, right? No, no, that's not what we're talking about. That's a divided heart. And that's a metaphor illustration for a lot of our lives. Kind of one side, we're like, yeah, yeah. Another side, we're not even clued in. 
The highest level of exercise, only produced by the Spirit of God, but for the desired heart, it is the reflex in our, that's a great phrase, the reflex in our consciousness, almost the instinct towards the transcendent majesty and holiness of God. And just sit, just sit. That's also then why John Murray says this. He says, and listen so carefully, the highest reaches of sanctification, sanctification is growing like Christ, the highest reaches of sanctification are only realized in the fear of God. Now think about that. Stop for a second, pause, pause, pause. This is very important. A lot of us want to become more like Jesus Christ. We want God's blessing. We want to see his, his nature become more of our nature. We want to grow in Christ and we should. Listen, it is impossible to grow in your height in Jesus Christ apart from the fear of the Lord. You, you keep hitting a ceiling. Can't, you can't overcome that area. You can't grow farther. You can't because, because there's an absence of the fear of God. It's that, because blessed is the man or woman who fears the Lord. I mean, think about it. Think about it this way. Look at um, Psalm 111, verse 10. Okay, just, just, just right above. I love that this is right here, just, just, just a few verses up. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear, I've always, uh, Proverbs 1 says this, Proverbs 9 says the same thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, okay? So, so what do we know? You want to be smart? Fear of the Lord. Let's flip it, loved ones. Let's flip it. The absence of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of stupidity. Oh, and think, think. This is why so many portions of the church in our day are so dumb. Because we've lost the fear of God. And therefore, we've lost the wisdom of God. And when you lose the wisdom of God, you're left with the wisdom of man. And when you have the wisdom of man, nothing good is ultimately going to happen. When you're left with the wisdom of man, you start to tell God what his book should have said. You start to tear pages out of this. You start to compromise your life. You start to capitulate to culture. You start to go about it your way, not God's, because in the end, you're worshiping man or self or society, and you failed to truly worship the living God because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And without the fear of the Lord, we won't be wise. Men, listen up. Men, 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 listen up. Leaders, listen up. You want wisdom. You are not the exception to this rule. You cannot find wisdom apart from the fear of the Lord. Mothers, women, godly, women in this church right now, you want to see the wisdom you so desperately need? God is telling you the path to how this is accessed again right now. If God is a compartment among many others, if he gets our lip service, if we treat him as a genie or a vending machine, that is not the fear of the Lord. Pause long enough right now just to say, God, forgive us. God, forgive me and my sinful heart when I treat you as such and I fail to give you the worship that you're due. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and I can't grow in Christ apart from the pursuit of the fear of the Lord and true honor of him. 
And I want you to see this briefly too. Notice what's always, always coupled with the fear of the Lord. Verse one, notice always, always. Blessed is the man or woman who fears the Lord. Notice here, who greatly, it's just, it's all connected. Who greatly delights in his commandments. What happens here? We cannot fear the Lord apart from the word of God. This very message is proving this right now. The only reason we have this message is because God's word is open and we're going through it verse by verse, okay? Again, we have to see this, okay? When we're moving in the fear of the Lord, man, we love God's word. Notice, notice delights in God's commandment. Notice greatly delights in God's commandments. Spurgeon says this. He says, the person who is filled with the fear of the Lord, I love this. If you're filled with the fear of the Lord, here's how you know. Holiness is your happiness. Holiness isn't something that you're so bugged by or annoyed. Holiness is your happiness, devotion is your delight, and truth is your treasure. Thanks for listening to Live in the Light today. If you'd like to hear this message again or any messages in this series, visit us online at liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. That's all for today. Join us next time at Live in the Light.